I've got to say, I've never felt so nervous about coming up and standing in front of you like I have done today, like the build-up to today and then coming here today. I even, I even put on my printer suit to try and you know, feel a bit better about myself. But God is, God is in charge, you know what I mean? The songs we were singing earlier is God is great, God is awesome, God is mighty and it's true. And the moment that we can rely on ourselves and our own understanding and our own strengths, then we're in trouble because you amount to nothing on your own. So I, I give thanks to God. Um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to read the, the passage that was given to me to, before, and then I'm going to pray and we'll get into it. Um, when I saw it, as soon as I saw this passage, what they gave me to read, I'm like, I, that, that, was, that, that means I have to pray for a week. You understand? This was pure prayer. I didn't go into it. I just looked, read it. I was like, okay, prayer time. Because this, this, I was like, what? Are you serious? James 5, verses 1 to 6. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. And your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasures in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out. And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just. He does not resist you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, creator of all things, God who breathed out the stars, who, who dwells in unapproachable light, creator, king of the universe. Lord, we come into your throne room, Lord, and we, we don't take it lightly, Lord. We don't take it lightly. We're going to examine your word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. We are looking at your word today, Lord, and we don't take that lightly. I pray, Lord, today for everybody in here today that you would prepare their hearts and their minds, Lord, that they would receive your word, that your word be, would be deposited within them, Lord, and it would grow. That they would change, that that transforming work would continue in their lives. And Lord, if anyone is in here today and that, that work hasn't even started, I pray today's the day it starts, Lord. That hearts are convicted today, Lord. That people are freed today. With conviction comes freedom. Help us today, Lord. Speak to us today. Use me, Lord. Please, Lord, don't let me put my opinions and, and that kind of thing and, 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 and change the words in any way, Lord. But I pray, Lord, that, that you would speak to us, Lord. That you would use me, Lord. I just commit this time to you, Father. Thank you so much for this privilege and honor to look at your word, Lord. And I submit to you and your will and your leading and, and, and not on my own understanding. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Before I start, I need to confess my sin. I used to be, and, and I still am, in many ways, very prejudiced when it comes to rich people. It's something that I grew up with. Like I, 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 I just didn't like them. It's like they live in their own bubble. They don't think about anybody around them. And I still have those opinions often. And I have to, I have to rebuke myself and check myself. I find that I, and I do, there might be, and there may be some truth in that. Maybe people that have got comfortable lives and money and that don't give much thought to other people, you know, if they're queuing up or they're getting, or whatever in day-to-day life, you know. Maybe there's some truth, but guess what? That's not all of them. It's not all of them. So it's a sin 
It's a sin for me to, to, to feel that way about them. It's a sin for me to say those things about them, which I have done in front of my own children. I have said things like that. Oh, rich people, da, da, da. That's wrong. It's a sin. It's wrong to want to correct them or to hold malice or even hatred in my heart towards them. We're instructed to love our neighbors. And I just wanted to confess this before you. I'm not going to come up here and preach one thing knowing that I, I do this quite often. And, 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 and I repent and I, I don't want to be like that. I want to love them. I remember I was, I was out late one night recently and I ended up in Peckham. Peckham's a place where I kind of grew up when I was young. And, and it's nighttime. And I saw bare white people walking up and down the street, middle class white people. That, and I was like, what? What are you doing here? You're going to get robbed. Things, it's not like that anymore. It's changed. But this is their playground. And I felt real like, who are you coming down here like, with your posh shops that no local people can't afford and all this gentrification? And, and it made me really angry. And, and I have to love them. How am I a Christian? I'm a missionary. Do you know what I mean? That's my job. I'm to love them, to reach out to them. And yet I felt this real like, what are you doing here? Do you know what I mean? And it's not because they're, I'm white. It's not because they're white. It's because they were middle class white, like from, you know, where are you from? You never grew up around here? And they've got shops which are just for them. And da, da, da. You can hear it in my voice now, isn't it? They're still in, in me. And it's not good. It's not good. It's a sin. I need to love them. James is not against the rich. In James chapter 1, we heard that, that the point that he had, and the point was that the, the rich who depend on their riches will be humiliated. In James 2, there was nothing critical of the rich. James is critical of brethren who show preference to the rich and shun the poor. James is not against the rich. It's not a case of upholding the poor over the rich. It's better to be poor as you rely on God more. It's better to be rich as you can serve God more and do more. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's not like one is better than the other. They both have pitfalls. They both have, have dangers. You may argue, and I may argue, that having money makes life much easier. And to be very honest with you, I, I pray that, that things would change for, for us as a family because we struggle every month on a level. And I, and I do pray, Lord, bless me with money. But in those struggles and in the times that we've had, I have had no alternative but to trust God. And money can't buy that. Jesus said you will always have the poor. And I asked the question, why? Why will we always have the poor? We will always have the poor in this life because we will always have the ungodly. And in particular, the ungodly rich, those with the wealth. We will have the ungodly. I'm going to give you an example. Could you bring that bottle of water, please? Can I ask? I'm going to do a quick, quick example. Come hold, can, come hold this for me, please. Marseille, could you come and hold one for me, please? Byron, could you come and hold one, please? Right. Now, Karen has got a jug. If you guys come so they can see it. You can stand up or down. It's up to you. Just so that everyone can see the glasses. This jug represents the wealth in the world. All the wealth of the world is right here. Karen, God has given you the wealth of the world. That's everything in there. Can you, this, these guys represent the different peoples of the world, all right? So with the East, West, North, whatever you want to call it. Could you distribute the wealth amongst these people without spilling it on the stage because it's carpet? <laughs> so we're going to distribute the wealth. We've got plenty of wealth. Oh, 
That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. So let's have a look. If you could just show everyone your glasses. So here's the wealth. So in order for Karen to be rich means that people have to be poor. In order to keep the wealth, because money is like water. There's so much. They don't just keep making it whenever they want. There's so much of it. So to distribute it and to keep most of it means you need to distribute it unfairly. You guys feel like you've been fairly treated. Can you see? Can you see? It's a very basic child church kind of image, but can you see the point? To have rich, you have poor. That's, that's how it works. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You can drink it now if you want to. <laughs> it's, ta- it's tap water, so I probably wouldn't. So should you feel guilty if you're rich? Of course not. It's God who gives and God who takes away. It's what you do with your wealth. It's about your heart condition. So some people may have missed all of that right now and, 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 and asked the question, so is it God's fault that children are starving in parts of Africa or in Yemen and, and different, different places? Is it, is it God's fault that people are starving now? I'm going to show you a picture which is quite, quite a graphic picture. I actually didn't pick the graphic, real graphic ones. This one is not too, too bad, but it's still... And I, and I keep seeing these on people. You know these people that are everything they can say about cussing Christianity? I ain't going to name no names, but there's a pioneer of that that we know. To keep putting up this. And I first saw this, this, do you call it meme or meme? Meme. More word boy. I see this meme. And this is what someone has took time to create. They've got this picture and they've written on it. This is what I envision when someone says God is good all the time. I dare you to say that to one of these kids. Despite the opinion of whoever made this meme, God is good all the time. We have more than enough provision. Think of the example you've just seen. We have more than enough provision in this world to feed everyone, to clothe everyone, to house everyone. It's men who are evil. People starve while we, in the UK, throw food away. We scrape off our plates during the week. We don't eat things. I don't like that. We don't eat it. We pick and choose. We throw away 7 million tons of food and drink from our homes every year in the UK. And more than half of that food and drink is stuff that we could, have, we could eat. It could be eaten. And wasting this food costs the average household £470 a year, rising to £700 for a family with children. That's the equivalent of around £60 a month that we throw away. People, children, are not starving because we throw food away. They're starving because of the wickedness of men. One of the biggest factors, I, I propagate into this and research it, and so I, I'm, I'm talking what I've looked at, and you know what I'm saying? It's not just me guessing it. That one of the biggest factors for famine is conflict. That's one of the biggest factors that, that attributes to, to a famine. The rain then stops and then boom, it's over. What's going on in Yemen at the moment? With the, with the, the children are dying. There's war going on. The children are dying from starvation. The suffering cries are heard by God. And the abundance that the oppressor has stored up and froze away is a testimony against him. Don't feel beat up and condemned because you have an abundance of food to eat after the service. But be thankful to God and mindful of those you are in a position to help. Be mindful of the people that you come about that you are in a position to help. 
And you know, you, you, you have to practice what you preach. If anybody in here today, anybody at all, if you don't know me whatsoever, it don't make no difference. If you need to come to my house and eat dinner with us, come. Just tell me. Don't feel no way about it. If you haven't got, enough, if you, if you haven't got, even if you haven't got people to eat with, if you haven't got enough food in your house or you've got no to, tell us after and come. There's room for one in the car, but if you can't get there, anybody else can come. Do you know what I'm saying? Come and eat food at our house. I seasoned the chicken this morning. It's going to be nice. So do, do come. And, and I'm not saying come if you've got your own provision, because mine's a little bit. But I will share it with people that don't have it. You understand what I'm saying? I'm being real with you, man. One thing I'll always be is real. And you cannot like me, like me. I don't really business. I, I, I want you to love me, but I'm going to be real. James 5, 1 to 6. So clo- this is all the introduction, by the way. A close look into this passage will show that James is talking about a very specific group of wealthy people. It's not about someone's level of income. It's about their level of character. So using the text now, we're going to put the spotlight on the kind of people that James is talking about. Wealthy landowners. who are building their empires of wealth and luxury off the back of their workers. And I can't help but mention it because I've been watching the, the what's it called, Black Britain? Has anybody been watching it? Listen, man, they, they were showing Sierra Leone, the island of Sierra Leone, and talk about that slavery and, that, and how this, this country profited on such a level from slavery. And, and I, can't help but, I can't help but attribute this. Is, that's like the, if you had to pick an example of it, that's it, man, slave trade. It's like people, people building up empires and building rich and that off the back of other people. The cries are heard by God. Judgment is coming. It's not a sin to own land. It's not a sin to hire workers. It's not a sin to make a profit. The sin is making your money and building your empire off the back of workers. Workers that you're oppressing. Workers who become victims of the greed and the fraud of the landowners. The fat cats make money while poor people suffer. Again, not all rich people are guilty of this. London City Mission, as you know, some of us work for that, that own this building. They, they started, was it two years ago or three years ago, UMPs? Three years ago, they started a UMP course. I was one of those UMPs. And I don't know how many there was, probably 12 of us or something. I'm just guessing a the number there. A UMP is an urban mission pioneer. So they took people and, and paid them to train them to share the gospel in, in an urban environment. That's, that's the short of it. Their wages were all paid for by one person. One rich person who is a volunteer to say, yeah, I, I want to donate money, this is what, and, and that, that's what they did with the money. You understand what I'm saying? One person paid for myself and, and probably 12 or whatever, how many other people, for our wages for a year so that we could learn the gospel. That is how God uses the, the, the riches that he has blessed people with. You understand? Thank God for rich people. James, in, 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 this, um, in this, this, this writing here, sounds like an Old Testament prophet calling out their guilt and their judgment. And he wasn't the first to say this. If we look at um, Deuteronomy 24, 14 to 15, You shall not oppress a hired servant who is poor and needy, whether one of your brethren or one of the aliens who is in your land within your gates. Each day you shall give him his wages and not let the sun go down on it, for he is poor and has set his heart on it, lest he cry out against you to the Lord and it be sin to you. The cries of the reapers were heard by the Lord. And so these, these, these corrupt, rich landowners, they stood condemned. And James wants to open everybody's eyes to what's going on. He wanted to make it clear. This kind of wealth acquisition is corrupt. 
and it would be punished. So just before we carry on, raise your hand. If you're, if you're a, a wealthy landowner who oppresses your workers, just raise, raise your hand. So how is this relevant to us? How is this relevant to the poor amongst us? Well, do we believe that this is the word of God? Do you believe it's the word of God? Is James inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these words, do you think? 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So let's examine the text and, and draw from the living water of the word of God and see, how does this apply to me personally? How does it apply to you personally? Verse 1. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Now, there's different opinions of who James is talking to. Some say believers, some say unbelievers. I'm talking about pastors that are famous, you know what I mean? I, I listened to this, I watched that, I read this, read that. Some people that I really respect said one thing, someone else said something different. So the argument that is to believers is, is that it says in James 1.1, 1, 1, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. So it's saying that it's addressing it to the 12 tribes, okay? I have an issue with that straight away, but that's, that's what it says. So why, why and then it, the, the argument is, well, why would James then suddenly change that? He's writing it to them. Why would he suddenly talk to these rich landowners? Um, I think he's talking to unbelievers. It's something that you've got to go and study for yourself. I, I believe he's to, and the reason I believe that is based on chapters 5, 1 to 6. The, the rich here are not addressed as brothers, um, as he does throughout the, the rest of the book. And they're not called to repentance, as God's people are called to repentance. They are told of the judgment that was coming on them. In Romans, we're, we're told there's no condemnation in Christ. Who, who can quote that? Romans 8 1. Anyone? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. There's no condemnation. So I think in this section of text, James is telling the corrupt rich about themselves, telling them this prophetic warning as a comfort to those believers who are being oppressed. In chapter 5, verse 7, which is just outside my remit, so I'm not stepping on the toes here, James changes the tone and addresses the brethren. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. So he says all this bit, then he says, therefore, be patient. So if the text is talking to the, to the rich non-believers, it should be a warning to the rich believers. Mind you don't fall into sin. So if we can deduce from the text that James is addressing the rich, we become as Pharisees if we don't draw from this personally. Application for our lives, whether you're rich or whether you're poor. Are you following me? The Pharisees were accused. They were to, Jesus told them that you, you have the keys to understanding. You don't enter yourself and you, you, you stop others from entering. That's what, how we become. If we don't take texts like this and apply it to our lives. So how does this text apply to you? Ask God to speak to you. No matter how hard it might be to hear it this morning, all right? Open your heart and ask God to speak to you this morning. So you can use biblical hermeneutics. I never said that word in my life, enough. You can use biblical hermeneutics to prove who this text is addressing. Is it the believers? Is it the non-believers? You can get right into that if you want to. But the bottom line is God is speaking to you. And the question is, how will you respond to it this morning? God is speaking to you. 
Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. This reminds me of when Jesus rebuked them, those that were mourning. Remember, he's going to the cross. He's going to Calvary and, 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 and the, the multitudes were there. Do remember this. We get images of Jesus walking with a little gathering of people, little crews here and there. There were more, there was innumerable people got trampled, it was talking about at one point. Do you know what I mean? There was multitudes. And on top of that, it was Passover. So all the Jews from all over the world had come. You know, like we see, we see the Muslims going to Mecca and you see all the, and you see all the masses. That's what we're talking about. Do you know what I'm saying? Multitude. Everybody knew Jesus. He, he entered Jerusalem, triumphant entry. Everyone knew he was. He's walking. He's got a, a great multitude. So as we read in Luke 23, I'm trying to talk fast to get, to get it all in. 23, 27 to 31. And a great multitude of the people followed him and the women who also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus turning to them said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and your children. For indeed these days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren wombs that never bore and breasts which never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in the green wood, what will be done in the dry? Jesus here was prophesying. He prophesied what was going to play, take place approximately 37 years later. When Rome, Titus, they came in and they destroyed Jerusalem in AD 70. Which was about 37 years after Jesus had prophesied it. Now, there's a historian called Josephus. The Roman historian. And he says that more than 1,100,000 Jews perished and nearly 100,000 were taken captive. In Rome's ancient forum, the Ark of Titus, which is still there today, you will see the images of, of Jewish captives in chains and Roman soldiers carrying you know, the candles that was in the temple. The Romans carry, carrying that as their, you know, what, what, they, what they got. The language here in James 5 verse 1 reminds me of that. It's not calling for repentance of believers, but a proclamation of judgment. James here is speaking prophetically. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Weep and howl, judgment is coming. So let's read on in James and it will clarify which rich he is talking to. Verse 2. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. That's, that's the King James Version. Now if we read that in the, in the NIV... The word corrupted is translated rotted. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. So wealth is not just your money. Wealth is an abundance of food while others starve. Did you scrape food off your plate this week? If you went through your cupboards now, would you find stuff that is out of date that you need to throw out? While you're walking along, has a moth ever landed on you and eaten your clothes? No, they don't do that, do they? Your clothes would be hanging in a cupboard. So you have a, you have, is it, you call it a cupboard, wardrobe? You have, a, you, have a, you have an abundance of clothes. So my point is being rich is relative. James's point is what these rich people did with their riches. And you can take it how you want to. You take it to your heart how you want to take it, okay? James's point is what they did with their riches. Is God speaking to you this morning about your riches? Verse 3. Your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. Your gold and silver are corroded. Your money you're storing up is losing value. I, I looked up what the wages were in, in 1960. 
Because I don't know if some people in here were born in 1960. I, I was not born yet. <laughs> not for a long time. In 1960, a year's wage was 700 pounds. If you took your year's, a year's wage and buried it for your great-grandchildren, and, they, and that now we'd be, well, grandchildren even, we'd dig that up. There's not just one generation, grandchildren, we'd dig that up now. What are you going to do with 700 pounds? That was a year's wages. You couldn't do much with that today. What's even worse is that the corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. Your storehouses, your security deposit boxes with the corroded, hoarded riches will be a testimony against you. There's a Christian that I knew that never seemed to have money. Like we'd be going out to eat or we'd be going to the pictures and he never had money. So quite often I'd pay for him or, you know, sometimes I'd, I'd, I'd give him a little money. Do you know what I mean? Because he was obviously having a hard time. And then one day, a few years later, he just had a brand new car. <laughs> and I found out that he'd been saving. <laughs> so the whole time, the man's been saving. And the reason he's broke is because he's saving. I won't say nothing else. <laughs> Verse 4. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out, and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. Remember Deuteronomy 24, 14, 15. We read it earlier. It's the law that Moses gave. It's a law. The cries are crying out and reaching the ears of the Lord. This is an encouraging truth to the poor. The rich and powerful can take liberties. And there's nothing you can do about it. But God is not sleeping. My wife started a, a new job recently. And she needed to do a lot of emailing and word document and planning and stuff like that in the initial stages. So we, we, we used the, literally the last piece of money we had, £150, and we bought a MacBook for £150 from a shop in Lewisham. I'll tell you the name if I remember it. A shop in Lewisham, and, and I thought, £150 for a man. I know it's an old MacBook, but boy, that seems a bit, bit cheap. And I said to her, are you sure this is going to work? This is all right. And the man assured me, no, it's fine. It's great. You know, it's working fine. We bought it. We went home. The thing now work. It popped down, broke down, and does not work. It's, it's freezing, and it don't work. I called the man the same day, you know. And the man's like, no, we don't do, we don't do refunds. I said, what do you mean don't do refund? This, this is the, it's not working. He said, no, look at the, the, the invoice you got in your bag. We don't do any exchange of that. So I went and looked at the law. I don't care about your invoice. Look at the law. The law says, you, you, no, you, you, you're entitled to take it back, right? So call the man and tell him it's not fit for purpose. You know, it's not, it's, it's not what, we, what, we've, what we've paid for. The man said, our terms and conditions are final. Our terms and conditions are final. Many people... I've tried to fight us over this, and no one's ever won. So knock yourself out. That's what the man said to me. That man, I'll tell you the name of the shop. Lewisham, it's a Mac. They specialize in Macs. I will tell you the name. I'll tell you, I'm going to tell everyone on my radio show. Don't worry about that. <laughs> the, man is, the man is fully aware that he's taking advantage of poor people. I can't afford a lawyer. What am I going to do about that? If you've got any advice, like, yeah, come talk to me afterwards. Because what can I do? I know what I'd like to do. I know what I'd like to do. And my initial reaction was to go on company sites, was to go and find their addresses and of the owners of the company. And my initial want, desire was to go to their house, knock the door, and take away their things. That, 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 and, and, it's things that, and I don't talk like that hypothetically, because they're the things I used to do. 
I used to be involved in things like that where I would come to your house and we are taking your things. And I'm not proud of saying that. I'm ashamed of it. But that was my initial reaction was, I'm coming to, take, I'm coming to your house. If your kids are there getting kicked out of the way, I'm taking your things and coming out. That's how evil and wickedness is in my heart. That's how I felt straight away. I'm not even holding back from it. I'm being honest with you. What would I like to do about it? What must we do about it? As Christian people, be still and trust that God knows. I'm not saying you don't go to the lawyer and fight your case and defend your corner. But above all things, be still. Be angry and do not sin. Be still and trust that God knows. The cries are going out to God. He knows. Verse 5. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in the day of slaughter. The rich that James is talking to live a luxurious life off the back of suffering servants, like the man that owns the shop. You're taking liberties, like slave masters, like, like everybody that lived in the UK and in, in, in Europe, everybody that benefited off the back of it. That's hard, and that's reality. They have the finest things in life while fattening their own hearts for slaughter. James finishes with condemnation in, in verse 6. You have condemned, you have murdered the just. He does not resist you. Your selfish, luxurious, self-indulgent indulgent lifestyle has murdered the righteous who could not resist, could not do anything about it. If you own no land, if you have no workers, still this demands your personal application of heart. Because the principle crosses, it crosses cultures, income levels, classes, social structures. We must never advance our interests at the expense and suffering of others. No matter how small the interest to how big. The small, my interest is to get where I'm going and I'm driving and these people want to come my, my direction. Why are they not pulling over? They can see me coming. Let me go through. I'm, a, I'm, I'm more of a brave driver. You know what? Your car's getting bumped if you get in my way, and I'm driving through. What kind of attitude is that? And that's my attitude. Many, a lot of the time, being honest, a lot of the time, I'm, I'm raggo when I drive, and it's not good. That's why I don't ride motorbikes anymore. Lord, Lord lets my teeth my motorbike because I was too raggo with it. We mustn't let our interest hurt others, step on others, push others. This should be our commitment of character today. So how far do we take this? We heard in James 4, 17, it says, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him is sin. To him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. I hope that resonates with you. I hope you're not all looking at me like, what am I talking about? I hope that re resonates. If you know to do good and you don't do it, that's sin to you. If you're climbing a ladder of success, make sure the ladder's not made up of people that you're stepping on to reach your goal. Luke 20, 24. Jesus speaking, after the generals come and they try and trick him. They, try, they sent spies to try and, try and ask him a very technical question. To, so whatever he answered, they would be able to bring judgment on him. That's what, they, that's what they did to him. And Jesus responds, as only Jesus could. Show me a denarius 
Whose image and inscription does it have? They answered and said, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. You see, the denarius, denarius, it was a coin, as I'm sure you all know, and had Caesar's image on it. But mankind, we, were made in God's image. People are important to God. People are made in the image of God. So Jesus perfectly illustrated the attitude that we are to have towards people. Peter said in 1 Peter 2.17, Honor all people. I've got it on the screen. Yeah, Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Honor all people. So we must never uh, adopt an attitude of indifference to anybody else, to the value of people. Do, do, do you see what that means? You've got some ignorant person out of the road. And, 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 and so therefore, you, you, know, you want to take a certain way with yourself because of their attitude. They are made in God's image. So mind yourself. See, this is not just a matter of, of paying wages because God said to, to do that. Because that, that's a good thing. We should do that. But involved is not letting our self-interest hurt people. And I just want to remind you, the tone of the, the passage is prophetic. It predicts the misery of the corrupt rich. Today's world teaches us that, that the most important thing is self. As long as you're happy. You could be a boy or a girl. You can, you, can, you can do this and you can do that. As long as you're happy, it's all right. You ain't hurting nobody. The Bible tells us to love others as we love ourselves. But the truth is the, the most important thing is to love God. First commandment, love God. Not, not, not self. God calls us to die to self. So to truly love other people... We are to die to self. If you're going to truly love others, die to self. Put them first. Give way when driving. Open the door. Instead of buying a new item that you don't really need, bless somebody that's in a need. There's a book, there's a guy wrote a book called um, Jesus Wants to Save Christians. His name is Rob Bell. Um, I, don't think, I know it's very small, so I'm going to read some of them out. He, he gave us some statistics about America. All the, it's always American, you know what I mean? You know, so they, they run the world. <laughs> I mean, I'll be mean, in it? Sorry. America controls nearly 20% of the world's wealth. There's about 6 billion people in the world, and there are roughly 300 million in the US. That makes America less than 5% of the world's population. And this 5% owns a fifth of the world's wealth. One billion people in the world do not have access to clean water, while average Americans use 400 to 600 liters of water a day. And, when, and we're talking about Americans because that's the statistics I've got, but don't think that this is any different. And in most things I find out, proportionally wise, England's worse than most things I've looked at. Every seven seconds, somewhere in the world, a child under the age of five dies of hunger. Look at our babies we've got around us. Every seven seconds, a child under five dies of hunger, while Americans and England throw away 14% of the food we purchase. Nearly one billion people in the world live on less than one American dollar a day. Another 2.5 billion people in the world live on less than two American dollars a day. More than half of the world lives on less than two dollars a day, 
while the average American teenager spends nearly $150 a week. 40% of people in the world lack basic sanitation, while 49 million diapers are used and thrown away in America every day. 1.6 billion people in the world have no electricity. Nearly 1 billion people in the world cannot read or sign their name. Nearly 100 million children are denied basic education. By far, most people in the world do not own a car. Yeah, the average family in America have three cars. One in seven children worldwide, 158 million, has to go to work every day to survive. These kids would not be in children's church. Our little babies would not be, they'd be going to work. We've seen videos, we've shown kids in schools videos of children as young as like, like six years old, seven years old. They're going to work and they walk miles to go to do, to do that work every day just to survive. Americans spend more annually on trash bags or bin liners than nearly half the world does on all other goods. As Rob Bell, the book is called Jesus Wants to Save Christians. Let's thank God for what we have. Let's use what we have as unto him while we trust and obey Jesus Christ. Jesus said to us in Matthew 6, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Go and look at your, look at your PayPal account. Look at your bank account when you get home. Where is your heart at? God wants to be number one on your heart. In fact, he, he says in the Bible that he will not share his glory with another, especially not money. Luke 12, 15. And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pour down my, pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool! This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money. Chasing the money will cause you to run into a ditch. Now Paul, instructing Timothy, who is his kind of protege, he's a young pastor, and Paul instructing him, um, in regards to rich believers, said in 1 Timothy 6.17, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Having a savings account, is good. It's wise and biblical, but when does it become hoarding? When does your savings account become hoarding? What are you saving for? Are you trusting God? Are you raising your children to look to God and for his provision in their life? 
Or you raising them to knowing that, boy, they can turn to mommy and daddy. You've got it covered. Anything we need, I've got it for you. It's just a question, not a judgment. Let me ask a question. Can anybody, I know we've got some Bible scholars. Can anyone quote um, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 for me? Come on, out loud now. Come on together now. Thank the Lord we're not doing a harmony together, boy. <laughs> Quiet, I've got work to do. But yeah, trust in the Lord of all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make straight your paths. And it, it continues. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. What did verse 9 tell us to, to honor God with? Huh? With your wealth. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out. And the cries are heard. The cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just. He does not resist you. Can I ask the worship team to, to come back up? A desire for us to evaluate things on a personal level. It's not a condemnation to, to whether or not you have, you know, if, you, if, if, if you're rich, praise God you're rich. We need rich people. I want to be rich. I pray, I do honestly, I never used to, you know. Because I, I, we've always been poor. We grew up as a poor family in, 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 in English standards. Um, my dad broke his back when I was about eight. Actually, I was a lot younger. I always say eight. I was actually a lot younger than eight. We moved when I was eight. But we, we, we weren't rich. And we grew up, you know, we didn't have a TV. My sister's sitting there. She, she'll tell you. So, you know, we, we, that's how we grew. Um, but we are rich compared to many and when we look around the world, you know what I mean? This morning, I wanted to put on something pretty, pretty, and, you know, put on a waistcoat thing, because, you know, normally I dress a bit ghetto, so I thought, let me try and look, look prim and proper today, you know what I mean? Presentable. And I realized, I've I got so much clothes, I've got so much shoes, so much trainers, and then sometimes I can't pay the light bill. And, and you know what I mean? What's going on? Where's the balance? What's going on? And I would just encourage you that to really ad look, at, look within, address things, you have an abundance. We all have an abundance. And who doesn't? Who here today doesn't have enough to pay their light? But do you even know? And do you care? Do any of you talk to each other through the week? Do any of you hang out? Do any of you love each other? Or do you just come here on a Sunday and then go home and then come back next week? Who can afford? To, who, who's struggling to pay their bills? And who has an abundance? Who's got savings? Who's saving up for the rainy day? And God take you tonight, God forbid, but let's be real with each other. Who's got a need in this room? Let's be real with each other. Are we the, are we the body of Christ? Put your hand up if you're, if you're a member of the body of Christ. If you're a member of the body of Christ, put your hand up. 
Let's look out for each other. Let's love each other. Let's care for each other. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, Lord, we, we, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that, that we can even look into it and get to understand it and unravel it and unpick it and look at history books and this, that, and the other. And, and, and your word is living and your word will, will truly, truly grow in us. And we're so thankful for that, Lord. What would we do without it? I pray today, Lord, that you would convict hearts, Lord. I do pray, Lord, that, that people would take heart as well and be encouraged. Be encouraged. Those people that are suffering would, would be encouraged because you are not sleeping. The injustices we hear about, talking about plastic rice and, 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 and chickens, like free-range chicken getting all... That's just disgusting, the things that are going on. Killing dog and feeding it. Look, in this country, we had horse meat for so long, telling us it's beef. So much wickedness going on by, by the rich that are corrupt. Not saying that all rich are corrupt. We have some great rich people. And I pray for more rich people in the church, Lord, who will have the heart intention to do good. I pray, Lord, that people here who have plenty, Lord, that they would want to do good with it. Not just store it up and store it up. Help us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Lord, we repent today, Lord. We repent, Lord. We get on our faces before you and we ask you to forgive us, to lift us up and help us, Lord. I pray that this message doesn't just convict, but it brings about change and it encourages. Conviction should lead to encouragement because we get to identify sin in our lives and we get to do something about it. I pray that we leave today encouraged. I pray that we leave inspired to do something. I pray that the words don't fall on deaf ears, Lord. I pray, Lord, that hearts receive, Lord. That you would speak to everybody individually and collectively, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Join us next time for more of God's truth to transform your reality.